I'm Tom Segura. I'm Christina P. I'm Rob Eiler. I'm Jamie Lynn Sigler. I'm Dr. Drew. I'm Lauren Compton. I'm not in the show. For real? 69 minutes. If you give us an hour, you'll miss nine minutes of our program. This medical professional steals epidural drugs. He puts a four-inch needle in my spine. Okay, Steve-O, we have other questions. <laughs> I'm so excited to see you tonight. And welcome to another fabulous episode of First Date with me as your host, Lauren Compton. My next guest today, you know him from Jackass. His new comedy special, Bucket List, is out now at stevo.com. Welcome, Stevo. Thank you so much. Thank you. I'm so excited you're here. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you. It's good to be here. I'm, I looked up your podcast on YouTube, was very impressed by your numbers. Thank you. We have a menu here. Oh, how about that? So in this menu, I have appetizer questions. Do you know how this goes? I don't, but uh, I'm ready. Appetizer questions. So we're going to get into it a little soft. Then I have main course questions. Okay. It's a little meatier questions. And then we've got dessert questions. One dessert question at okay. the end to sweeten it up. All right. So all you have to do is be open and honest. That is generally how I am. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Do we need a safe word? Um, no, nah, I don't think so. Fuck it. Unprotected. Let's just go. Sure. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, when you go on a date, do you take flowers? Um, on a first date, that would not make a lot of sense to me. That would feel like trying too hard out of the gate. Like, you don't even know this person. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. Um, now flowers are more, uh, I think they come in a little later. Yeah. Are they like, if you mess up, it's like an apology? Mm, no, it's more um, like the anniversary of our first kiss kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. You know, like a, a special thing. There, there have been times when um, I, I bought flowers for my lady just because. And um, it, it occurred to me the other day as we walked through New York City and um, somebody was selling flowers at the side of the road. And I said to my lady that... Um, I felt uh, compelled to buy her flowers, but we're traveling, we're on a trip, and it would just be more of a pain in the ass because every set of flowers I think I've ever gotten, my girl, like, it is hung upside down, dried, preserved, like... Oh, that's sweet. Yeah, so it's kind of a big deal, and um, I, I'd like to call myself out for not giving her flowers enough. Oh. But check it out. The... Um, the opening sequence of my, my bucket list special, it, the whole thing is just me giving Lux flowers. Aww. That's the whole thing. Like, I stood the first thing you see in the beginning of this rotten, filthy, triple X rated, and just unbelievably graphic, violent, and illegal, like, <laughs> you know, stuff. Made for kids. <laughs> it's, it's so bad. <laughs> There's a reason it's on stevo.com. <laughs> Okay, so the first thing you see is I grab roses out of a vase and I stick them in my teeth and it becomes clear there's a humongous helicopter above me and I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm on this house and like, there's all, I'm outside, there's this, all this patio furniture and it's like such a huge helicopter that all of the patio furniture just goes violently. <laughs> 
And with the flowers in my teeth, I climb up on the roof of the house and the helicopter drops a rope ladder. And like I grab the dangling rope ladder and the helicopter flies off with me hanging by my hands. This is like some 007 shit. Big time. And it's got the most awesome like <laughs> like 007 spy music like playing. And, and I'm, I fly off hanging from the helicopter with the flowers in my teeth. And, and we reveal that the pilot of the helicopter is Bill Burr. No! I swear uh. to God. And he's legitimately a helicopter pilot. Like, he literally flew a helicopter f- for my comedy special. This opening sequence cost more than $150,000 for 90 seconds of footage. And I'm flying around. So like, there's like a, a lake and the helicopter like swoops down and like dips me in the water, like, like pretty crazy. And Bill Burr's like, oh, sorry, buddy. You know, like, so now I'm all wet. And then it goes straight for telephone poles with, with electrical wires. And I'm all soaking wet. And I go through the electrical wires with all the like psh, crazy, like, uh, transformer boxes or whatever they're called exploding and then we arrive i'm still got the flowers and there's and then we we find the tour bus and the tour bus is cruising and bill flies the helicopter pacing the moving tour bus i'm still hanging from the ladder i let go of the ladder and land on the roof of the moving tour bus and then there's an and that. <laughs> yeah. The most impressive part about this story is that you have made it here alive. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> you know, and then, spoiler alert, uh, like, I, my, my, my jackass buddy Preston Lacey is driving the bus. He throws up a rope, which I catch while I'm on the roof. Bus is still driving, and I'm, and I'm holding the rope, and I, like, kind of rappel down the side and then swing as my lady opens up the door of the moving bus. I swing into the door and hand her the roses. And I and then I turn to the camera and say, ladies and gentlemen, make some noise for me. And the bus, that's how I get to the theater. Wow. Yeah. And at no point she was afraid for your life during this. She's like, um She 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 was so fucking afraid for my life when when on the day on the helicopter day that she literally passed a kidney stone the next Shut day. Up. <laughs> Yeah, she was so stressed out watching me fly around hanging from the helicopter. I can only imagine. <laughs> Dropping from that helicopter onto the roof of the moving tour bus was so sketchy. That's the Tom Cruise move. Yeah, it was unbelievably sketchy and terrifying. Wow. And I was so I was so invested in it, like money-wise. <laughs> like I had, <laughs> I had to do it. And so like that's like the whole thing. Like the this whole filthy multimedia comedy special is a love story. Oh. Yeah, it's a love story and like the items on my bucket list they they go in descending order of my lady's approval and support. Like in the, I love this. I can't wait to see it. Yeah, in the beginning, she's gung-ho all about it. You know, all all my buddies are running for their lives, but she's standing strong, moving in for a better shot, you know? Oh, cute. Yeah, and I'm like that's how I knew she's the one. Yeah. And so then I asked her to marry me. And then and then the the next bit, like that's the the beginning of the show. And uh-huh. then the next bit it's like, all right, so now we're getting married. So we're gonna have kids or what? And we answer that question with a huge stunt and she's all about it. And then after that we start getting into like the illegal and life threatening stuff, which she's not so into. Mm. Like I got medical professionals stealing drugs 
from hospitals and administering them to me. Like the me- medical professional gets in disguise uh-huh. and puts an IV in my arm and pumps general anesthesia drugs into my veins while I'm hauling ass on a bicycle. And, and, and my girl was there for that too. But when the medical professional, the different one, stole drugs from the hospital, which it's called epidural. Does anyone even give you life insurance or is that? Nah, nah. They're like, mm, we know who you are. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't do life insurance. <laughs> but, but do you know what an epidural is? Yeah, yeah, it's what they give you when you're pregnant and they put it in your spine. Yeah, yeah. Or when you're delivering a baby, I'm right. sorry. Yeah. For, so I said this, this medical professional steals epidural drugs, gets in disguise. He puts a four-inch needle in my spine. Okay, Steve-O, we have other questions. (laughs) We have dating questions that don't involve you almost fucking killing yourself. I I applaud your fiancé for going through all of this. Oh, she's the one. She is absolutely the one. the only one. She's the only one, and this, like, (laughs) this special is so outrageously more fucked up than jackass ever could possibly be well, like I I'm, sh- I'm stoked to see yeah, it and I'm keep, glad you survived yeah and, thank you yeah um okay I'm gonna ask you some more appetizer questions let's do it let's say that you're in a movie theater and the people in front of you are being loud and obnoxious and you're just you're with your date trying to watch this movie okay. what do you do with these people that are being loud like I I don't play that shit like like <laughs> Anybody who's been to one of my shows, like they know that like like heckling, disrupting a show, like I I draw a hard Shut line. Shut it down. I draw a hard line. Like I don't even necessarily give a fuck about making it funny or part of the act because it's just like, look, all these people like paid their hard-earned money to come and enjoy this show. Mm-hmm. And I'm like the ultimate attention whore of all time. <laughs> like you got people paying attention. They've paid to pay attention to me. Yeah. That's the only, that, that's the, and you're going to mess with that? Uh-uh. Oh, you're, so, so I, I call out hecklers like, you know, um, it, it, you got to try not to like ruin the energy of the show, but you got to stop it. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. and, and, and I'm like kind of notorious for like trying to just shut that shit down. Like, and, and, and make an example out of the fuck face that's <laughs> disrupting the show so that everybody else falls into line. Yeah. So yeah, you can count on me in a movie theater. Somebody's disrupting the show. Like I'm going to shut it down. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, <laughs> do, do you find it a pet peeve when a woman drives you around in a car? Like, do you ever like, no, you, no, you no. As a matter of fact, I am the worst driver that has ever sat in this seat. I would bet the new farm that we bought in Tennessee, like that, like I am so bad at driving. So you prefer a woman to drive. My lady prefers to drive. Yeah. I prefer if she drives. She's like, you can go swing from a helicopter all you want. Yeah. But I'm driving the car. I should not be allowed to drive. Okay. Straight up. Straight up. How weird with all the crazy shit you've done, driving a car is the red flag. I am so bad. <laughs> One time, um, Knoxville got in my car, uh, like, and and, and we we drove somewhere, uh-huh. and and this was this was back in like 2016 or something, a long long time ago, and he said, Steve-O, I I really hope that that you you know become 
very successful and and have fuck you money so that you can pay for somebody to drive you around all the time because this is the he's like dude I'm, I'm not comfortable <laughs> what is your go-to karaoke song uh, my go-to is to not go to karaoke <laughs> <laughs> yeah nobody wants to hear me sing no <laughs> yeah i guarantee you. i feel like you could do like a really good like what what are those what are those ska yeah i you know what with that said i should i, I do want to um Say the, the I, I have gotten back into rapping. Have you? Yeah. Can I hear a rap? Um, you can you can go on Spotify or Apple Music or like whatever. Or any can do it. Any, give me a beat. Is he trying to rap right now? Yeah, he's trying to rap right now. Well, I, I mean, I, I recorded a rap song recently <laughs> with with Violent J of Insane Clown Posse, and I know the Juggalos are a, a big hit with YMH Studios. Yeah. I know they're very popular. And the song that I wrote is a hit. It's called, I Love My Girl, But. <laughs> <laughs> That's a red flag. <laughs> it's, a, it, it, it's a song because my girl has, um, what do you call it, PMDD or something? Like I know God. PMS. Like PMDD. It's like demon Pre-menstrual like, demon disorder? Yeah, basically. <laughs> Yeah, like. and, and and you know we like. I think the jokes tend to be funny, like when there's like a real element of truth. Mm-hmm. Like the reality is that like my girl, um, you know, with her cycle, it just has some like she's at, like it comes with demons. She's on medication for oh. it. You know, like it's yeah. like it's like it's actually a thing, like yeah. a disorder. And um, you guys sound perfect for each other. <laughs> and she, she's the most wonderful person. And 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 the, the, it's just that one week a month. So I made a song about it. Uh, yeah. Well, hey, you yeah. have to find an outlet, you know. It's funny, and 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 she is like a huge fan of the song. Do you speak any other languages? I did. When like my first words were in Portuguese. Really? Yeah. Why? Gr- why up, Portuguese? Well, because I grew up. Um, my dad was a, a corporate executive. I was born in England, so I have a a, a British passport. Okay. My mom was born in Canada, so I have a Canadian passport. Okay. My, my dad was born in America, so I have an American passport. All right, too. we're collecting. I, I'm I'm what you call triple national. Yeah. I, I'm a citizen. You're a triple threat. Of, yeah, a citizen of three different countries. I have all my passports are valid, and and I love that. Um, my dad also corporate executive. So when I was six months old, my family moved to Brazil, where my dad. Uh, became the president of all of Pepsi Cola in all of Brazil. Really? Yeah. And so my parents were kind of popping off. They were successful, like like, uh, and, and they didn't really have a lot of time. So I was raised by um, live-in maids, Brazilian women. Okay. <laughs> and that's why I spoke my first words in Portuguese. <laughs> Because I was I was raised by by like nannies. Yeah. And then when I was two years old, my dad was promoted to um, like president of Pepsi Cola in like like a bigger territory, maybe like Central America mm-hmm. or like. Um, so we moved to Caracas, Venezuela, and that's when I spoke fluent Spanish in nursery school. And I spoke English too. So I spoke Portuguese, Spanish, and English by the age of three. And when I was four years old, my family moved to um, 
Darien, Connecticut. Uh huh. That was when I moved to America. And I spoke three languages by the age of three and completely forgot two of them by the age of like five. Yeah. I, I would say either four or five. Like I literally forgot them right away. But um, when I was at a summer camp in, uh, when I was 11 years old, some baseball summer camp in Massachusetts, there were these kids from Brazil or, or, and they said they were going crazy in the morning. They, they said I was speaking like Portuguese in my sleep. Really? And like, in like the cabin, like in my, like the, the, all the beds in the bunk, you know, in yeah. the cabin. And, and, and so it's in there. That's like some amnesia stuff. You know, like sometimes yeah. when people have amnesia, they come back, they come out of it speaking like a full on different language. Have yeah, you heard of that? I believe that. That's a thing. I, I, I absolutely believe that. And um, it's just, it just goes to show that it's all in there. I just don't have access to it. Yeah. Well, and, and it's kind of like you're a dumbass if you if you like had three languages you could speak and you forgot two of them. It's kind of embarrassing, but at the same time, I, I was told that when babies learn multiple languages, like they, uh, it it develops more of their brain. Mm -hmm. So like you use like more of your like uh, it, it gives you an advantage, like some kind of an intellectual advantage because you use more of your brain. Yeah. So obviously. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to move on to my main course questions. All right. I, like you were trying to make me nervous about these questions. Like there's nothing controversial about them. Are you ever going to. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> um, uh, let's see if we can change that. How much sex is too much sex? Um, how much sex is too much sex? That was like my fourth question, but you intimidated me. So. All right. I, I, I don't mind. Um. Uh, I mean, in general, mm -hmm. like it's too much sex if it's bringing about uh, shame or uh, like guilt, you know, like, well, like, like I'm saying if you have like multiple partners, oh. you know, like because uh, I, I do have a checkered past. I've, I, I've, a, I've a checkered past. That is the sweetest way I've ever heard someone say they have a fucked up past. Well, yeah, like, I, you know, before I met my lady, uh, I was never successful in relationships. You know, I, I had a... Were you like a one night stand? Even worse. It, like, e even worse because, like, I had, I had this crazy dynamic where I would become infatuated with, with a woman and like I would just pour on the charm, like really get get this woman to fall for me, and then like and then we would hook up, and You're then a love bomber, and then and then all of a sudden after I hook up with the girl, just some some thing happens, and it's like a a, a switch flips, and all of a sudden like I just totally am, am not into it anymore, and then. Like, and then I like ghost the person and oh. that's so, that, and it's like, I worked on this in, uh, in, in recovery, you yeah. know, like going through this thing and, and, and we really like broke it down as just like sociopathic behavior where it starts with, it's a pattern of like misleading somebody, exploiting them, then neglecting them and then abandoning them. You know, and then just rinse and repeat. And whenever I would do that, I would just feel like the worst person, you yeah. know, like because I because I was careless with somebody's feelings. You know, I did harm to them. 
Like, I, not only was I not treating those people the way that I want to be treated, I was specifically treating them the way I most fear being treated myself. Really? I mean, basically, you don't have to be Freud to understand that I've yeah. got, like, real, like, rejection, abandonment issues, you know? Like, I'm like, look at me, love me, look at, you know? And then to be rejected and abandoned is the worst. So I think that subconsciously I somehow, like, did that to protect myself from being rejected, like make sure that I reject and abandon them. And that just is, is like the recipe for like the worst karma, the worst self-esteem, like the worst thing. And on top of that, like all this stress, the, the, the time spent, yeah. like, the, the the, like chasing chicks around and trying to hook up all the time is like a real drain on your time. It's a full-time job. It's a full-time job. Yeah. And like, to, to, so, so you're just not being productive. You're not like, you know, you're wasting your time. You're wasting your time doing that. And on top of that, like, you know, being careless with people's feelings, like doing harm. And on top of that, like all of the stress of like, like, oh my God, like, I, you know, I got to go get tested or like whatever, you know, like all of the, 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 the terror of like health risks, yeah. you know, like, and so, God damn, was that awful. And as I got older, I was doing stand-up, um, you know, like for 13 years I did stand-up. And in the beginning, I would do meet and greets after all my shows and be like looking for like someone to hook up with, you know? Yeah. I really would, I would want to send everybody home with a photo so they could post it and let people know, wow, Steve-O's show was actually really good. <laughs> so, you know, it made sense to do that, but I was just acting out. Yeah, and, and as I got closer to, as I approached forty years old, I was like, you know what? Like, to, for me to be happy later in life, like this isn't it. You gotta nix that. This isn't it. Yeah, I, I really I subscribe to the idea that that I I have to like learn how to be in a healthy relationship and find a life partner because that's like the secret to happiness. You mm -hmm. know, like a real relationship, and I and I, I just. I was like, I'm, I'm not going to hook up with, with chicks anymore on the road. And I, 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 I wasn't able to do that. And well, so, I don't want to dive into your trauma, but where is the craziest place you've ever had sex? Oh, um, I don't mind at all diving into trauma. Craziest place I had sex? Um, I, I, I did the Mile High Club thing. That was pretty rad. Okay. On a private plane, I'm assuming? No, not even. Shut up. It was commercial? It was totally commercial. What? And, um, and like, if you have sex with somebody, um, like, who's like your girlfriend and you go on a plane, like, that doesn't count. Like, you know? How does that not count? Well, because, like, you're all, you know, like. It counts. If your penis goes in a vagina in an airplane, you're in the uh, mile high club. Okay. All right. All you right. don't think so? I mean, it's just kind of so, cheating. So, so what did you do? You did it with a prostitute? No, no, not a prostitute. An unknown stranger? Uh, I, I, I met the stranger at the gate. <laughs> met the stranger at the gate. Yeah. Was and, she a fan? I mean, she was aware of... She knew of, who you were. Yeah. She was like, oh, shit. She actually met Wee Man oh. at the gate. And uh, she met... Was Wee this a threesome? No, 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 oh. no, no, no. But it was like... Uh, it was a very, very sparsely populated flight from London, England to Kenya, Nairobi. Okay. And uh, and there's just like all kinds of empty rows. And so we just started talking at the gate. 
And then when we boarded the plane, it was like, oh, why don't we, why don't we sit here, you know? Like, and and uh, we had the whole road to ourselves, and it was just like all the long flight. And we <laughs> we just like kind of drinking. Hit it off. I'm assuming uh, at that time, yes, I was drinking a lot. This is this, and 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 with respect to my woman, this was like 20 years ago. Yeah, you know, like but or approaching 20 years ago. So you just like lean in and start kissing this person? Uh, yeah, I mean, effectively, it started out with like just a blanket over us, and and you know, like a, a little bit of like you know. Kind of like movie theater behavior. I was going to say, that's kind of <laughs> yeah. what it sounds like. You're in yeah. a dark area. You've got a row. And, and then we, 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 we progressed far enough where I was just like, hey, why don't we just go to the bathroom? Oh, my goodness. So I you mean, had sex in the bathroom. Yeah, we had sex in the bathroom. Okay, because I was wondering, I'm like, did, was this in an aisle? Like, were you just like totally fuck it or you went? No, but my, uh, like, my, my uh, co-producer, the guy who... Uh, or orchestrates like whatever it is that I want to do, no matter like how illegal, no matter how, like I, I had an idea where I was like, okay, I'm going to go skydiving, but I'm going to be butt naked with another man strapped to my back. And I'm going to jack off to completion where simultaneously I'm going to fall out of the airplane while I'm just blasting. And like, it was not easy to set that up, but you know, <laughs> I can imagine yeah. that was, but my, my a whirlwind. My shady co-producer Scott Randolph. If I want to get shot up with general anesthesia drugs while I'm riding a bicycle, he makes it happen. Like if, like uh, he makes everything happen, and he is the ultimate Mile High legend because he met a girl, like, on the plane, on the plane, and they boned in the seat. Oh my God! Yeah. That's like more than the Mile High Club. That's that's Mile High legend. Yeah, it, it was crazy. It, it was crazy. It was it was on a British Airways flight where like in uh, business class with like the lay down seats and they've got like the privacy wall. And that's see that's cheating. You can't close yourself off and have like your own little Easter egg, you know, I mean, where no one can see you. I don't disagree, but it's it's better than the bathroom, and went like. He met her on the plane, you know. I, like, I give him that. That's like, I, like the, when I when I did it, I met the I met the girl at the gate, and then we got on the plane, which is dope. But like, you meet on you meet a, a bona fide stranger on the plane, that's epic. Wow, you know that would be like a cool dating app if it was like the Mile High wannabes, and it's all the people that would be down to meet, and then you just have to buy the ticket and you meet on the plane, same row, yeah. and then that's where you have your first date. Oh wow. That's, that, that, that doesn't sound like a very um, uh, successful business. Well, <laughs> welcome to, um, <laughs> but, but, welcome to uh, my $10 ideas. I, I was, um, I, I first got in the Mile High Club when I was 17 years old. Oh my God. But I, but I was like, I, was, it was, I went on an airplane with my girlfriend. I was like, all right, let's go get in the Mile High Club. You know, there's yeah. like not a lot to it. Oh. Well, after the extravagant story that you told me about meeting someone at the gate, that does sound boring. Yeah. Well, uh -huh. I do want to just close the loop on the too much sex thing. Um, I, I, I uh, you know, acknowledged that like uh, I needed to figure out like my behavior. I ended up getting in therapy. I ended up really taking it seriously, like the way that I take uh, you know sobriety with alcohol and drugs. Mm -hmm. You know, it was like I, I got into sobriety for for sex, and um, my mo my mantra was, I. I'm going to do the work to become the man that the love of my life deserves. 
fully acknowledging that I had not yet met that person. Because if I had met like the right person for me, I would have been useless to that person. I had, it, it's not about finding the right person. It's about becoming the right person. Yeah. And, and, I, and I, I really, really took that seriously. And, um, and, and, I, and I'm very, very grateful for that. You know, like uh, I really needed to put some distance between me and being a scumbag and and do do a lot of work and and I couldn't be more grateful to to have done that and and now that I'm in a committed relationship you know approaching 7 years like I've not done a single fucking thing that that I'm not supposed to you know like That's I, great. I I respect Congratulations. Yeah, I respect my lady. I love my lady so much and there's just like no chinks in our armor. You yeah, know, like there's no, we've never been on or off. I've never doubted for a fucking second that I want to be with her. You know, like I'm all in with her. And as a result of 15 years, I haven't wasted time on drugs and alcohol. And like six years, I haven't wasted any time. Like I've been just in a committed relationship. Yeah. And on top of not wasting my time, just being focused on what I want to accomplish. I've got this incredible partner who helps me. Yeah. Accomplish. So it's like, it's like a cheat code to life. And there's no, oh my God, what did I do? And there's no like, I burned another person. I'm a piece of shit. You know, like I, I feel good about like who I am, like have integrity, yeah. like do the right thing and just focused on getting shit done. Do you get jealous easily? Uh, I'm not too much like that because I have no reason to be jealous when it comes to my relationship. Neither neither does my girl. Like 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 we're we're pretty locked in. Let's say that you are well. Since you're sober now, let's say that you were not in a relationship and you went on a date with someone and they drank alcohol. Uh, it would depend on on how they drank alcohol. Let's say they got fucked up and they were a shit show. That. Uh, that doesn't bode well. I mean, in in the beginning of my sobriety, like I kind of wouldn't have cared. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, and, and I'm I'm kind of ashamed to admit that, but it's true. You know, for the first few years of me being sober, I was like, hey, if I'm sober, like whatever, who cares? Yeah. But now you kind of have like eyes that you're looking through really clearly and you probably want someone that like vibes with you in that way. <laughs> well, my girl's not an alcoholic or an addict. Like she literally like has a glass of wine and doesn't finish it. Yeah. It's like the most confusing thing. She likes thing. the taste. <clears throat> yeah, it doesn't make any sense at all. <laughs> what is the longest you've ever gone without showering? Uh, I, I, I can go for, for a good while. <laughs> <laughs> Does it really bother you very much? Um, my girl and I, like, she'll say like, ooh, you're spicy. <laughs> Yeah. Like we call you stink, like, or I stink, like I'm spicy. (laughs) And like, if, 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 if there's like a real spice going on, then it will be addressed. Yeah. And sometimes there is. Have you always sounded like that? I I wasn't sure. I went to like a a voice guy and I was like, dude, do I have my like fucked up vocal cords or something? And he was like, like put the, the scope down. And he was like, no, you just, the way you use your voice, like you're up here and like, 
And I was like, really, Doc? Like, after everything I've been through, yeah. you're, you're telling me I just suck at talking? <laughs> That's just natural. <laughs> All natural, yeah. baby. And then I go back and forth between being, like, self-conscious about it and, like, eh, fuck it, man. Like, that's trademark. You know, It my, is and, trademarked, for sure. And my, and my girl loves it. You're going to be in a video game soon. I, I've, I've, I've been in plenty. Have you? <laughs> you got to do some more research. I didn't know that. Uh, no, yeah, no, I mean, not plenty, but I was, I've been in a few. Okay. Yeah. yeah, you have a distinct voice. Voiceover work is right up your it's, alley. It's crazy where like, I, I, I've ordered pizzas on the phone. And Shut they're like, up. is this fucking Steve-O? <gasps> and I'm not, that's not even unusual. That, there's nothing unusual about that. Like I get recognized on the phone. Like when I'm in public, like I'll, I'll be getting by fine. As soon as I open my mouth, I, I'm automatically recognized. <laughs> That's fun. It, I mean, it, it 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 can be. What about with the mask situation? When it was when everyone Same was wearing masks, they would know automatically Dude, too. Can I say something about the mask? And I didn't come up with this, but it just changed the coronavirus mask situation forever for me. I saw a tweet, and somebody was like, "Come on, like with the fucking masks." Yeah. Like, farts go through boxer shorts and jeans. What the fuck is a mask gonna do? <laughs> <laughs> and with that, I will ask my dessert question. All right. So what is the best Valentine's Day that you've ever planned for a significant other? Hmm. Uh, I can't remember there being like a really dope Valentine's Day. I know that um, one of my girl's birthdays, I filled our house like properly filled our house with pink balloons. The whole thing? Yeah. How did you get, how did you move through it? Pop, pop them? Um, it was just, just move through and they move around. It was, oh, it was, okay. it was just hectic chaos. And um, she really, she really loved that. I think there were like a fuck ton of flowers and, and pink balloons. Um, trying to remember a Valentine's Day. That uh, there's not one that was that that was like uh, over overboard, and I'm I'm ashamed to admit that. So we've got Valentine's Day coming up, and and let me literally uh, right around the corner. Yeah. Um, what kind of flowers do you think say "I love you" the best? Um, I try to change it up, like and and get like a, a new kind of flowers than than I've gotten in the past. Yeah. Roses. Like, uh, yeah, I mean I've done the red roses thing. In the bucket list special opening sequence, it's red roses. Okay. Um, so, like, because Lux, like, hangs them upside down and, and dries them and then saves them, like, I want to uh, add to her collection, like, a new look. That's cool. Yeah. Well, thank you for coming on my show. Hey, thank you for having me. Congrats on your huge numbers and all the people watching. Like, if you want to see, like the most fucked up shit I've ever done in my life, then go to stevo.com and, uh, and, and get behind it, man. Like it, it's the greatest thing I've ever made. It's literally like jackass times 10. And it's the way that it's a love story. Like everything, like the, I, all of these forbidden stunts that I would not be able to do for jackass. Like you see the footage, and like the story is how these things affected my relationship. And so like it all makes sense and it's all fucking badass. So go to stevo.com and thank you so much.
Absolutely. I have to listen to your song, I Love You, But. Uh, I'll, I'll show you the music video right now. Yeah, that was the only red flag that I had for yeah. you currently. So we need to watch that. Guys, thank you for tuning in. We'll see you yeah. next time. First day, baby. Are you really drinking a glass of milk with dinner? First day, I can't wait. You told your mom about me? Just say you're ready. Delete my number.